0: Good morning. morning. Y'all doing good this morning? So that was Luke five, Luke one five to twenty five, and I want to take a, a, a little bit of a moment to set up a bit of the background to the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth, and I want to take us back to Malachi. And in Malachi chapter one, we read a prophecy. The word of the Lord to Israel through Malachi. And then I want to fence forward right now to chapter 3, verse one, um, verse 1. It says, listen, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord who you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come. Yes, he is surely coming, says the Lord Almighty. I put that in bold in my notes, eh? Yes, he is surely coming, says the Lord Almighty. Previously, Isaiah had prophesied that this Messiah would be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. Micah also prophesied, but from you Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me, one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. He will stand and shepherd his flock. His greatness will reach the ends of the earth, and he will be our peace. The promise of Messiah, who would bring peace, was firmly established in the mouth of the prophets. The Israelites, however, thought this Messiah would be a military leader. However, the peace the prophets were talking about was so much more powerful. So much more powerful than just simply peace from, 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 from war, peace from their political enemies, And I want us to just listen to something from the book of James, chapter 4. And here James, he he asks a very, very probing question. Now James is asking the question, so you can't be mad at me when I, I, I read this, okay? Just saying. Because he asks, what is causing the wars, quarrels, and fights among you? And then he says, don't they come? from the evil desires at war within you. You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have. Your motives are all wrong. You only want what will give you pleasure. What's causing the wars, fights, and quarrels among you? Don't they come from the evil desires that war within you. If there's a war, or as Andrew said, a storm, if there's a war on the inside, you know what? There will eventually be conflict on the outside. If there's a war on the inside, there will ultimately be conflict on the outside. And until I find a way to deal with what's going on on the inside, very honestly, my sin and my selfishness, I can never experience true peace. Just won't happen. Back to our story. So the people looked with expectation for the messenger who would prepare the way, the the longing for the advent of the Messiah. They were looking for the fulfillment of God's promise. Now scholars tell us, they tell us that since the time of Malachi, for 400 years, until the time of Zechariah and Elizabeth, God was silent. He was silent in the way that there was no prophetic word uh, to his people. And some people, some scholars say there even, there was an absence of of a sense of his presence. But there was, he was silent. It seemed he was silent uh, that there was no prophetic word uh, of God to his people. But whether they realized it or not, God was actively carrying out his plan for the advent of a Messiah. And here's the truth. God is always working for our best. He's looking out for the best interests of his people, whether we realize it or not. God is always looking out for our best because that's who he is. That's who he is. Now, from Israel's perspective, they had prayed. And they had prayed. And they had prayed. And they had prayed. And they had prayed. 100 years went by and they had prayed. And they had prayed. And they had prayed. 200 years went by and they had prayed. And they had prayed. They had prayed their hearts out. And it seemed like nothing happened. It seemed like nothing was happening. And I wonder how many of us can relate. I wonder how, how, how many of us can we, we pray and we pray and it seems like, God, God, where are you? God, God, how come nothing changes? How come nothing's happening? But whether we realize it or not, God is always looking out for our best interests. Can you say amen to that? So by the time Elizabeth and, and, and Zachariah come on the scene, the priests by now were just going through the motions without any kind of an expectation of an encounter with God. In fact, the, the priesthood and the people were becoming more and more corrupt. In fact, as you heard in the video, Luke went out of his way to point out that, that Zechariah and Elizabeth, they belonged to the priesthood, and he points out that they were righteous in the sight of the Lord, observing all of God's ways and all of God's commandments. I just wondered, shouldn't have all of the priests been observing God's commandments? And Then I realized they must have been busy deconstructing the law of Moses and the prophetic word because it just wasn't relevant to them anymore. Well, I know I was meddling there. But isn't that what we do? When it seems like we don't get, or it doesn't work out the way we want it to, don't we start questioning God's Word? Don't we start deconstructing His Word because it's no longer relevant to my situation? Or my culture? So the heaviness of of fatigue and disappointment was now pressing down on the people. They had waited for a sign, for a sign of the coming Messiah to, to change their circumstances, which were beyond their control and much larger than they imagined that were repairable. See, Luke tells us that at this point, Herod was king over Judea. And he was put there by the authority of Rome, and because of Herod's extreme paranoia and cruelty, he would do anything to protect his his agenda and his own interests, which included, as you know, the execution of all male babies up to the uh, two years old. He was. They called him a Madman, the Madman King. And so the people were weary, and they were defeated. And peace was an elusive commodity. I wonder if any of us ever feel that way. Defeated, like peace is an elusive commodity. I just read an article. It just came to me this week, actually, and it said, Many of the established churches in the U.S. and Canada are tired and weary in the face of epic, social, tech, and cultural changes in the last few decades. More than ever... Once thriving churches wonder and worry about their survival. Did you hear that? Wow. More and more once thriving churches wonder about their survival. Have we lost sight of something? Facing circumstances not only beyond their control, but much larger than they ever would imagine they would have to face. Lots of anxiety. So back to our story. The time of Zechariah to go into the temple and burn incense had come. Now Luke not only describes Zechariah and Elizabeth as righteous, but that they were childless. And they add, very old. I love that. Not only were they childless, but they were very old. How many like to be told you're very old? (laughs) I I was uh, kidding around. Somebody uh, noticed uh, I had... uh, new glasses on, and uh, they said, they make you so much younger. I said, "Oh, really? How much younger? Oh, not a day over 60. Oh, thank you very much. (laughs) Bible says they were not only righteous, but that they were childless, and by now they were very old. And I wondered, and I can relate to this, because Deb and I had wanted a child. And by the grace of God, we we were able to adopt a wonderful daughter. But I wonder how often they had prayed for a child. I know how long we had prayed for a child. You know, and in the culture they lived, it would have been a point of, of disgrace and a source of severe disappointment. But now they were very old. And so having a child, well, that was basically a forgotten dream. So disappointed, but faithful, Zechariah, he goes into the temple and he goes in to perform his duty to faithfully pray for the people, praying once again for the coming of the Messiah, for the Prince of Peace, for the consolation and the comfort of Israel. And as the smoke of the incense rises to the Lord, representing the prayers that are being lifted to the Lord on behalf of the people. And I began to wonder, did this barren man have any real expectation that God would answer his prayer? They'd been praying and praying, and now was his turn. And, and he, you know, he, he was faithful, but he hadn't, they didn't have a child, you know, broken dreams. Did, did this, does this man really have any expectation that God would answer his prayers or that he would have an encounter with God? I, I just don't think so. They've been going through the motions for so long, I I just don't think so. But then suddenly, suddenly Zachariah realizes he's not alone. Suddenly, just as the prophet Malachi had said, an angel of the Lord appears with a stunning proclamation. Your prayer has been heard. Your prayer has been heard. Now that changes everything, doesn't it? Your prayer has been heard. And I love the meaning of Zachariah's name. It means Jehovah remembers or the Lord remembers his covenant. Zachariah, your prayer has been heard. Oh, Zachariah, don't be afraid. Your prayer has been heard. You know, I... I can only imagine what it would be like to come face-to-face with an archangel. Anybody ever encounter an archangel? Somebody once told me they saw, when I speak, they saw an angel here and an angel here. Oh, I just hope I don't bump into them, (laughs) you know. I've never seen an angel, maybe I've encountered them unawares. But anytime I read in the Bible someone encountering an angel, it scares them. You know, and so, so I can only imagine what uh, Zechariah was, uh, was feeling as he comes face to face with this angel. But the angel declares, Your wife Elizabeth will have a son. But listen, he will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. He will go before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the the parents to their children, and he will make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Remember the promise. Remember the promise. The one you are looking for will suddenly come to his temple, the messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come. Surely He will come, says the Lord. Your prayer has been answered. And in that long waited for prophetic declaration, we see an amazing, a stunning revelation of God. One, He is the Lord God Almighty who remembers and he meets all of humanity's needs. The Lord remembers his covenant to send the Messiah, a redeemer, to establish peace between God and man. He is the the God who remembers his covenant. Amen? And of the greatness of his government peace, there will be no end. And he does stand to shepherd his flock, and his greatness reaches to the ends of the earth, and he will be our peace. God always remembers, and God is always faithful to his promise, and God always fulfills his promise because that's who he is. He is a covenant-keeping God, amen? Though it takes 400 years, he remembers his promises, amen? And secondly, it just blew me away when I saw this. Secondly, he is a personal God, who meets the desires of our heart. Your wife, Elizabeth, will have a son. Wow. And in that moment, their shame and their disappointment gone. Only God can do that. Only God can, can meet the needs of all humanity and at the same time touch us personally and deeply. He's a God who meets the needs of the world but he's a God who comes and meets the needs of each and every single one of us, amen? Elizabeth, your, or Zachariah, your wife, is going to have a son. Wow, he is a personal God who meets personal needs. He is an almighty God who meets the needs of all humanity. And then Zechariah asked the most profound question. How? How? How can this be? I mean, I, I, I read that, and I, you know, I chuckle because Zechariah, you're face to face with an archangel. and You got the, you, How? But you know what, if we're honest, sometimes I think we ask the same question, how? How's my circumstance ever gonna change? How? How? I, I hear it, but something inside, something inside needs to happen. How? I need to grab a hold of how is my circumstance gonna change? You know, where's the peace? How? You know, even in the presence of our archangel Zachariah has his doubts. Bad for Zachariah, the angel's not amused. <laughs> and I just think the angel stands there. And I don't know. I don't know if, if angels get get bigger or if they put their wings out. I don't know, you know, but I, I hear Gage, he says, I am Gabriel. And I stand in the presence of God. Understand, I stand in the presence of God. And I have been sent here to speak to you and to tell you this good news. Don't you dare doubt God's word. Zachariah is speechless after that. Literally speechless. And I tell you this morning, God is a covenant-keeping God. Even when we struggle with doubt, even when we are faithless, He is faithful because that is who He is. Amen? And today we celebrate the advent of peace not because of who we are or because of anything we've done. Today we celebrate the advent of peace because of the faithfulness of our God. Amen? Amen. Give, give Jesus, give our Savior an applause. <clears throat> Hallelujah. When Zechariah finally regained his voice, listen to what he said. Praise be to the Lord and God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. And he has raised up a horn of salvation for us. Because of the tender mercies of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. Listen, peace is not simply the absence of something. For instance, the the absence of some conflict or some anxiety. Nor is peace simply an emotional state of being. One day you have it, and the next day, well, not so much. Like when your power goes out all day and all night. I didn't... See, peace is the very substance of heaven. His greatness will reach to the ends of the earth, and He will be our Peace. Peace is the presence of someone in our lives. Peace is the presence of Jesus Christ in our lives. There is a pathway to peace. His name is Jesus. Amen? His name is Jesus. And only through Jesus can we experience peace with God and peace with man. Only with, through Jesus can the, the grip of sin and selfishness, that war inside of us, be broken, and can we be set free of that war inside. He is the one who has defeated all the powers of sin in darkness. Amen? Romans 16 verse 20 says, and the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. Only Jesus can set us free and truly free. Only Jesus can fill us with peace because He is our peace. Amen. He is our peace. He is our peace. It's not the circumstance or or, 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 or the vacation. It's not what anything external. It's the Son of Righteousness living in our hearts. He is our peace, amen? Peace is the presence of someone in our lives. His name is Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, Prince of Peace. Let me leave you with one last prophetic word from the prophet Isaiah. He writes in chapter 54, verse 10, Though the mountains be shaken, in the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. Yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we worship you this morning. Father, we worship you. We thank you that you are a covenant-keeping God. That all of your promises are yes and amen. We thank you that you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Prince of Peace, To be our peace. To deal with the turmoil inside. To deal with that that, that sin and selfishness that wants to rule over us. Thank you, Jesus, that you break its power. And you set us free. And you fill us with your peace. And it's the peace that will guard our heart and our mind. Thank you, Father. And I pray for for each person in this room. I pray for those uh, listening online that your peace would fill us, that your peace would rule over us, that your peace would dispel every bit of anxiety, every bit of disappointment, every bit of hurt, that you, Prince of Peace, would reign and rule in our hearts. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we ask it. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Amen.